Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Man, we are having a fun time here on the show this morning. I love it when we get off from talking about conspiracy theory. We have so I get so many texts about that. I know a lot of people who um, look at these stories. And, and again, I just want to clarify. I am not dismissing all these theories. And I do think that there are nefarious people with ill intent who are planning and plotting stuff. Rumors get out. I don't dismiss that stuff. Um, I don't go so far as to think, um, like some people do, go down to, to the play it out to what does it mean and world's going to end. Everybody's diabetic's going to die in 30 days. I mean, I'm not saying all that, you know. So, <laughs> well, and I'm not saying that we've been talking about EMPs for this long, but we there has always, well before I was born, my parents, you know, had this. Their parents had this. There were always uh, discussions about. You know what? What is going to make the world come to an end? Yeah, and, and who's going to kill us off? Well, think about a large-scale, never-ending, so like New Orleans Katrina situation. If an EMP was set off above the atmosphere in a widespread region, it would be like Hurricane Katrina on steroids that you could not reverse. Could be do a lot of damage. So. I think, do we have Dakota Wood here? Our we DC do. Sorry. Who, so, by the way, would back me up, too. I've talked to Dakota about this. He, he knows. You know, don't you, Dakota? Have you noticed? <laughs> wait, let me just ask you guys a question. Don, have you noticed that when Cass asks questions, you're like, I'm right, right? Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. You got to ask go. open-ended questions, Cass. There you go. So, I'm right. So, Dakota, we're talking Dakota, about. we're not trying to put you in a spot, buddy. <laughs> we're talking I'm about. Here. We're talking about the, the, um, the Russians putting nukes up in space. I mean, what do you know about that? Well, that's the scuttlebutt around D.C. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's possible. I, you know, I think the, the greater concern would be if you had a nuclear weapon that was directed back down to Earth. And that's been the subject of some, you know, sci-fi movies over the last 10 or 15, 20 years or so. Um, but, you know, the idea of having a nuclear weapon in space, it would be detonated, uh, radiation energy blast, you know, damages satellite constellations, etc. It's a very indiscriminate way of damaging space-based capabilities. That affects everybody, right, and everything. So, you know, Russian satellites as well, China's Baidu, uh satellite system, Europe has uh, a GPS uh, guidance system, as well as the United States, and all the other things that go on. So, um, you know, it would be like dropping a nuclear weapon, as Cass was talking about, that, that destroys everything uh, electronic in a country. The same thing occurs in outer space. That There are more effective and um, uh, point-discriminating types of ways to get at satellites. You can have uh, parasitic satellites where um, a small satellite goes up alongside a larger one and attaches to it. You could either damage the electronics that way or just push it out of orbit, you know, put it into a tumbling sort of thing so it's no longer effective. Um, you could uh, destroy it kinetically. You could use directed energy, you know, a laser beam or something like that to fry circuitry. So I know the, the, the word is out. The Russians are planning to put nuclear weapons in space to damage constellations. It, it, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, the technology is certainly there that it would create havoc uh, that would affect everybody. Uh, so I don't know that Russia would actually gain an advantage because they would be hurting themselves. So the, I, I, the my only takeaway from all that you just said is, how in the world 
Do you know so much about so much? I mean, good <laughs> night. Because he was in the CIA. <laughs> I mean, good I night. I stand by this. My other conspiracy theory is that Dakota Wood and James J. Carafano were both in the CIA. Can you confirm that? Can you confirm or deny? Have you seen the movie Beekeeper? I'm yeah, it's saying. a great yeah. movie. Great movie. <laughs> were, were you were you the one that they created that movie after? That's what I want to. I was, I was the crazy lady, right? Oh. That he blows up the gas station. So oh, yeah. yeah, give me a Gatling gun, and we're good to go. That was awesome. <laughs> I love that movie. Hey, now, real. This is true, Don Lizzie. I'm gonna give yeah. you guys all something. My mom loves action movies like that. Barbara Houston. Does she? She, she calls them BA. <laughs> yeah. Bad. A's, you know, uh, so uh, that, she doesn't say, my, my 70 year old mother, she goes, and now she falls asleep in every movie she goes to, so she has to watch them twice. We got her the, we got her the, uh, the movie pass where she can go as much as oh, she wants. Good. She's listening right now. I just called her out. She's probably going to be texting me. So, but anyway, <laughs> so, but Dakota, you bring up some interesting stuff. So they would not be yeah. advantageous for Russia if they were to even get this capability to use something like it. That's what I'm hearing you say. That's true. I mean, the U.S. space surveillance capabilities track something like 24,000 satellites that are currently in orbit. Uh, there are well over a few million bits and pieces of things that range in size from, you know, less than an inch uh, to, you know, giant International Space Station, those sorts of things. Uh, Nano satellites or microsatellites are these cube-shaped things that are only about four or five inches on a side. Wow. Um, and, you know, so um, uh, Doug on uh, Elon Musk's, um, uh, I forgot the satellite system now, but anyway, you know, the communication satellite, the you know, Starlink uh, things, those are about 1,500 pounds, and so, you know, a few feet uh, on each side, and there are over 4,000 of those satellites up there. Uh, and they all that. orbit, you know. Yeah, they're all traveling something like 17,000 miles an hour or whatever. So you got all this stuff in near-Earth orbit, which is about 350 or so miles up, and it's all just spinning around, you know, and it passes over pieces of Earth, you know, once every so many you know, minutes or hours, depending on what you want the satellite to do. So if you detonated a nuke up in that area, right, it's going to affect everybody's stuff. You know, you can't say, hey, this nuclear blast wave just takes out the American satellites and the Russians' satellites passing through it aren't effective. So, you know, should we be concerned? Well, absolutely. You know, people are out there planning to do harm to the United States. Would they use such a broad, you know, omni-destructive <laughs> sort of device to affect satellites? I don't think so. Uh, but no, I wouldn't rule anything out with Vladimir Putin. Okay, so a couple things. First of all, I wish that the listeners could see Cass over here smiling all big, cheesing over here. But, okay, so now, based on my understanding of space, and I will admit that I got a C in science in high school, but I have watched um, the Avengers, all the Avengers endgames, and now I thought that if there was... Those are all documentaries. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm Iron Man shown that isn't there a portal that would open up that would take... Everything out of our atmosphere? I mean, if there's something. No, but seriously, no, seriously though, like, do we even know? Like, if you, if you, if you set off, say, a nuke in space, would, yeah. would that trickle into our atmosphere or would it be burned up before it got here? That's what I want to know. No, you know, it would in some ways. You know, again, distance has a lot to do with it. So if it's something that's, you know, a thousand miles out into space, that's worse. I mean, that wouldn't be as bad as 300 miles. The Earth's atmosphere absorbs a lot of radiation, you know, just the stuff coming out from the sun, right? And so going through 
increasingly dense layers of humid, you know, water-bearing uh, air, uh, it, it shields us from a lot of stuff, but it's not, it doesn't keep everything. You, know, you get a sunburn, right, if you're out there you know, for too long. So it's you know, types of radiation uh, that, that affect the planet. Uh, so again, if you picture a nuclear device and it blows up and it has this spherical sort of stuff, some of that's going to go further out into space. Some of it's going to be directed toward uh, the Earth itself. And so you can have an ionization of the atmosphere, like, you know, an EMP or a solar flare, right? A solar flare comes out from the sun, uh, takes a while to get to the earth, and it can disrupt communications, electrical grids, uh, aircraft are usually warned, you know, based on their navigation systems. Um, so you could have warnings that keep airplanes on the ground. So a nuke in space is a concern. Would it destroy everything on the ground? I don't know. Um, it would basically uh, shower down radiation. Like, it's showered yeah, down radiation. Yeah, but it, okay. it, it could do that. And Congress has commissioned two or three of these EMP uh, commissions. They do awesome work. They report back to Congress. And then because of the cost of hardening things, you know, shielding, electrical power generation, transmission lines, all that stuff, because of that cost, nobody ever takes action. <laughs> so, you know, it comes down to money. Okay, so then question. Now, let's just keep on going and asking, and Cass over here smiling. So, in theory, if an EMP is set off in space, could that affect us down here? I mean, because I'm, I'm, my yeah. understanding is that EMPs are, you know, they have a couple mile radius. If it's 350 miles up, you're saying that if an EMP was set off in space, it could um, affect our electrical grids down here. Well, let's just think about energy. So if you've got a firecracker, you know, and it goes off, it has a certain impact within a few inches, right? If you have a stick of dynamite, it's more. If you've got a 250-pound bomb, if you've got, you know, uh, the mother of all bombs, uh, you know, Moab, uh, that's very, very large. If you have a, an atomic weapon like on Hiroshima, and if you had something that was in the megaton range, you know, that destroys an entire city and its environs. So it depends on the size of the blast, the amount of energy that's associated with an electromagnetic pulse, right? So it's a, it's a, a burst of energy, this pulsing thing, um, just like when you start up a generator, uh, it'll have a constant flow of electricity. But when you first start it or when you first turn on an appliance or something connected to it, there is a pulse demand in that energy signal, right? And so if you don't have something shielded or protected like a circuit breaker or a power strip, right, um, then that initial pulse can overwhelm the circuitry, the electronics of the thing that's being affected, and you can burn things out. You know, stuff fuses together uh, or, you know, trips offline. So that's the concern about an EMP is its size, its location, how close it is. So you could envision a blast sufficiently large in near Earth orbit that affects stuff down on the ground. And that stuff is how robust is it? Does it have protections in place that can be reset? Or does it just fry everything? And there are just so many variables involved that it gets down to the technical details. Okay, so in your um, professional opinion, could mm -hmm. Cass's fears come true that there would be an EMP set off that would 
totally destroy everything in the United States. Diabetics are dead within 30 days. Of everybody in nursing homes You're dead. You're stuck on the diabetic thing. No, no, no. I specifically said it would take multiple you did destinations say that. You did say that. to cover the continental U.S. And with AI, that's possible. You're saying no, okay. I said, I said, if we can have AI technology, then this is possible. Because okay, okay. you said you don't think we have the technology in existence yeah, to do something. And I said... We have artificial intelligence. Of course, we have the technology okay. to do that. Right. And it would be well, multiple blasts, and it would kill life as we know it. <laughs> I, I, I would say that there is the danger of, of widespread disruption to the power grid. Uh, think about what the cold weather did in Texas a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, the loading was too high, right? Uh, hurricanes coming through, a tornado wiping out power distribution plants. And if you remember a week or so ago, um, the FBI or somebody uh, revealed a long-running investigation into Chinese hackers mm-hmm. that inserted malware, you know, disruptive software, into various control systems around the United States. And they had been... Um, embedded in our systems for, you know, five, six, seven, ten years, something along those lines. So you don't need a destructive blast. You can mess stuff up from the inside. You know, a hydroelectric dam, a, a power distribution center, uh, telecommunications. Remember the hacking that occurred with the oil pipeline yep. uh, up along the East Coast, right? Uh, so there are ways that are non-destructive in a sense. Uh, to damage things. The Israelis inserted um, uh, Stuxnet virus, I believe, into the Iranian nuclear program uh, centrifuges. So the computers that controlled the centrifuges, they introduced malware that caused those centrifuges to, you know, spin up, slow down, stop, hard starts, and, and, and damage those things that set back the nuke program something like 18 months. So there are a variety of ways to mess with people since everything is electronic these days, right? I mean, you know, when was the last yeah. time you got into a car that didn't have some kind of control panel? You know, our washer and dryers have control panels. You yeah. can't get a non-smart oven anymore. So we're just so dependent on electricity and the control surfaces, microchips and, you know, relays and switches and all that stuff that these bursts of energy uh, can be affected in various ways, and it could certainly, you know, put a damage. And when you talk about power distribution, the large transformers that you see as you drive around a town, there aren't many of those held in storage anywhere. And so when a storm comes through and a power company has to go out and repair these transformers, sometimes those things take 18 months to two years to build and then to be delivered. So there's even a concern about terrorist attacks against large transformers where you're using a high-power rifle or something like that, and you could take out sections of the country, and it might be a year or so before you could get those things back up and running just based on the repair parts availability. My friend, you have a wealth of knowledge in that big, beautiful (laughs) brain of yours, and uh, it's been fun talking with you today. Cass, you are not completely uh, out left field. One word from Dakota that entire right. time. Would yes. You? Okay, there you go. So, hey, wait, listen. I'm going to get you out of here on this. The interview with Dakota Wood, I'm going to get you out of here on this. And it's not going to be a question to you. It's going to be to Cass um, about you, Dakota. So, Cass, 
<laughs> would um, Dakota Wood be allowed in your prepping compound? Yes. Wow. Don, you and I are out. We see her every day, but Dakota's in. Yeah, I can see where, where Dakota would be in and we would be out. Yeah, I can, I see can bring firepower. I can exactly. bring firepower. Yeah. These two knuckleheads in the studio, they, to use, to use Alex's own word against him, they don't even, they don't even know how to boil water to, to clean it, I don't know. No, I can boil God. water, but I mean, that's about all I can do. So hey, it's been a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Dakota Wood. Good talking to you. Right, Thank you, Dakota. Hey, man, fun time with Dakota. He's so smart. You didn't know he knew so much about satellites, I know. That, that he, yeah. It doesn't surprise me, though. He knows everything He's about everything. He's in the compound, my He's friend. In the he com- is in the compound. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about Joe Rogan. And uh, he's got a lot to say, and a lot of people are listening. We'll do that right after this local news update with Don Luzader.